the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado. Hey, Damian. Good morning. Good morning, Gabby. How was your weekend? Oh, my goodness. It was amazing. We were just outside, I would say, about 97% of the time. (laughs) It was awesome. How about you? Same. It was hard uh, not to be outdoors. Got a lot of things done. Even uh, barbecued some ribs yesterday. Oh my goodness. Put some baby backs on the grill. That's always a nice treat. And uh, so, anyway, it was wonderful. Hopefully, everybody had the opportunity to get out and enjoy it. Watch some baseball Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, LSU Tigers seem to hold their own this weekend despite one loss, but overall, they're playing well in Tulane. Uh, they everybody's getting out there it's baseball season so everybody's excited as well today is also the feast day of saint maria and we're going to offer up a prayer for her in the name of the father son holy spirit amen dear saint maria bertilli buscardin you devoted your life to the care of the sick and poor and you were known for your kindness and selfishness we ask for your intercession that we may always remember the needs of others and be willing to serve them as you did you were able to bring comfort and healing to those who were suffering please help us to have the same compassion so that we may be a source of love and support to all those around us amen in the name of the father son holy spirit amen Amen. We have some wonderful events in our listening area. We will give you details about at 10 after. You can go to ccmedia.live to find out more information and to submit yours for free today. In 18 minutes, Dina Dow joins us. She's the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And today we are talking about the Divine Mercy image and the Divine Mercy devotion and trusting in in God, especially uh, during Lent. So looking forward to this conversation with Dina today as we get some insights on this wonderful topic. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato will be with us. He is a co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And on Mondays, we talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. And we are always entertained during Alan's segment, and we learn so much. So looking forward to that conversation with Alan. We're going to talk about his new book, The Adventures of Bunny and Bear. There we go. Yeah. Oh my. Well, we need to get ourselves a copy and maybe just read it and and learn a little bit more about Bunny and Bear and see a different side of Alan Migliorato. So I jumped online uh, Friday morning, as a matter of fact, and ordered a, a copy for my great grandbabies. There oh, you go. Let's know when it comes in. I'll share it. Good. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, De- Jeff. And Dr. David Whitten, professor of theology over at Franciscan Missionaries, Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge. Also known as Fran Yu joins us for a theology lesson, and we are diving into the Catholic Church's te- te- 
teaching on the death penalty. So a very hot topic right now. What does the church say? What is in the catechism? And uh, we'll dive deeper into Dr. Whitten's segment on this. Looking forward to having him in studio with Damien. And looking forward to your weather report. What do you have for us? Should be a great day to be outdoors again, Gabby. And if you haven't done that over the weekend you definitely have a chance to do it today a little patchy fog this morning but don't let that worry you just be a little careful otherwise plenty of sunshine high is going to be 81 low 64 breezy with winds out of the southwest at 10 to 20 no rain in the forecast tomorrow a tad bit warmer high is going to be 83 very windy 15 to 25 mile an hour winds coming off the gulf uh cool front expected to roll in late wednesday and a little bit of rain ahead of that currently everyone's in the 50s it's five after on wake up Good Monday morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's Gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 6. Jesus said to his disciples, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. In that part of Luke's gospel called the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus gives us an important lesson on how we are to love those who hurt us. We must love them and forgive them. In short, be merciful. Jesus' teaching on mercy figures so prominently in Luke's gospel that St. John Paul the Great called it the gospel of mercy. Jesus commands his disciples to get merciful just as God the Father is merciful. Thus we read in the book of Exodus that even after the sin of the golden calf, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy and faithfulness. These ideas were repeated by David in Psalm 86. But you, O Lord, or God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy and faithfulness. With this command to be merciful, Jesus is definitively interpreting another commandment of the Torah. Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. In this way, God's holiness is understood in terms of his divine attribute of mercy. Subsequently, In the marvelous parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus will expound on his teaching to love one's enemies and to be merciful. In sharp contrast, the Pharisees viewed holiness as a separation from anything that could render a person ritually unclean. This separatism, which originally was intended as a safeguard to protect the Jews from the seduction of Greek philosophy and pagan behavior, became over time an obstacle to loving God and one's neighbor. It overemphasized externals and ignored the human heart where both love and sin can abide. Thus the Pharisees, who were good at externals, considered themselves to be the saints of Israel. This underscores the controversies between Jesus and the Pharisees over table fellowship with tax collectors and sinners 
where Jesus, by extending mercy, leads sinners back to God. Finally, Jesus commands us not to judge another soul and to forgive and not condemn. The great benefit here is that God will forgive and not condemn us. Have a great day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Father Chris Decker and Jimmy Sagers for today's gospel and reflection. Here are some events happening in our area. You can find all of these events at our website at ccmedia.live. This one, you can join 40 Days for Life for a prayer vigil in front of Planned Parenthood on Government Street in Baton Rouge from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day until March 24th. Pray to end abortion worldwide. So join 40 Days for Life. Sign up for a slot that works for you. Bring a group with you. Uh, ccmedia.live is where you can go to sign up and find out more information. And, of course, next week, Spring Pledge Drive here at Catholic Community Media is going to get underway March 5th through the 7th. It's going to go from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. The initial wake-up hour will stay intact, uh, but then we'll be on for another two hours, and we're going to have a great lineup of guests. Gabby's done a wonderful job getting folks in line for our event. Father Chris Decker and I will be co-hosting, and we'll be asking for your support so we can continue to spread the good news of God all across the Gulf South and throughout South Louisiana and beyond. So make it a point to join us next Tuesday, 7 a.m. to uh, 10 a.m. each day, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And it's all part of CC Media's Spring Pledge Drive. That's right. And tomorrow we will reveal our Tuesday lineup, so our Tuesday guests, so stay tuned for that. It's, a, it's going to be a wonderful day next week, so uh, definitely check that out. And a wonderful week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, like Damien said. Well, also, we are coming up to the traditional St. Joseph's altars. There are a number of St. Joseph's altars happening in southeast Louisiana, and this one is coming up at Our Lady of the Lake in Mandeville on Saturday, March 16th, and Sunday, March 16th. 17th, uh, there's various times and, and that you can go and find out where when you can attend. Food will be served on Sunday, March 17th from 10 a.m. until it runs out. So go to ccmedia.live, uh, mark your calendar to the date and time that works for you and your family. But I highly recommend taking a look at uh, St. Joseph Altar this year. It's beautiful. And Notre Dame Seminary will be holding its annual gala and auction. It's coming up, and they're going to be honoring this year Good Shepherd Award recipients Larry and Barbara Hedrick. It's going to be Saturday, March 16th. The patron party begins at 6 o'clock, and then the gala and auction is underway from 7 to 10 p.m. And uh, silent auction and live auction is going to take place, dinner, cocktails, music. It's 500 bucks a couple, but it's all to help support our seminarians at Notre Dame Seminary. If you'd like to uh, learn a little bit more information, go to ccmedia.live. Yes, and Catholic Community Media will also be at the gala as well. We will be serving food, so come and say hi when you see our iconic Catholic Community Media aprons. Go and grab a plate of food from us uh, and say hello. So we're looking forward to supporting Notre Dame Seminary as well uh, on that day. Well, St. Joseph's Cal- St. George Catholic Church in Baton Rouge will be having a special Mass each Monday during Lent and leading up to Divine Mercy Sunday. Masses will be each Monday at 6 p.m., 
followed by the singing of the Divine Mercy Chaplet. For more information, you can go to ccmedia.live. I've been going, and I'll be going again tonight. It is beautiful. Father Yee, what a voice he has. The Close Walk Ministries will be having their annual gala this Sunday, March 3rd, from 4 to 7 at Mike Anderson's in the Clarion Inn and Conference Center. That's on Highway 30 in Gonzales, Louisiana. Proceeds go to support Closer Walk Ministries throughout the year. Tickets for the event are $175 a person, $1,200 for a table of eight. And for details, where do they go, Gabby? ccmedia.live. Very good. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Well, it's 15 after the hour. Get up, get going. It's Monday, folks, already February 26th. Don't let this month pass you by. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 26th. Today we celebrate St. Maria Bertilla Boscardine. If anyone knew rejection, ridicule, and disappointment, it was today's saint. But such trials only brought Maria Bertilla closer to God and more determined to serve Him. Born in Italy in 1888, the young girl lived in fear of her father, a violent man prone to jealousy and drunkenness. Her schooling was limited so that she could spend more time helping at home and working in the fields. In 1904, Maria joined the Sisters of St. Dorothy and was assigned to work in the kitchen, bakery, and laundry. Eventually, she received nurses' training and began working in a hospital with children suffering from diphtheria. There, the young nun seemed to find her true vocation, nursing very ill and disturbed children. Later, when the hospital was taken over by the military in World War I, Sister Maria Bertilla fearlessly cared for patients amidst the threat of constant air raids and bombings. She died in 1922 after suffering for many years from a painful tumor. Some of the patients she had nursed many years before were present at her canonization in 1961. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. Amazing. I have actually not heard about St. Maria, but during our saying of the day, wow, what an incredible woman, an incredible saint, and an amazing canonization story. So thank you so much. I'm so glad that we get the opportunity to play that. That's exactly what Catholic media is all about, tuning your heart to the truth and learning a little bit more about these wonderful saints. Well, Dina Dow now joins us. She's the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis of the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and we are so grateful to have Dina join us today to talk about trusting in God and the Divine Mercy image. Hey, Dina, good morning. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Monday to be with us today. Oh, you are so welcome, and it's such a beautiful way to start the week and talking about God's mercy. Now, I know the listeners may know that we talk a little bit before we interview and kind of say, hey, what do you want to talk about? And I'm going to be honest, Gabby, (laughs) I did not read the gospel this morning or before when we were discussing that we're going to talk about divine mercy. And so (laughs) listen to the gospel read today, the second line is, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. 
And I thought, Mm -hmm. wow, Lord, you were way ahead of us when the thought came to me to talk to Gabby and the listeners today about the Lord's great divine mercy for this season of Lent. So I think the Holy Spirit's ahead of us today. I think so too. During Lent, this can be a challenging time for many of us. We are trying new things, adding new things, uh, trying to enhance our prayer life. Maybe giving up sweets is is harder than we thought. Um, But the devil works overtime during these 40 days. How can we trust in our Lord, especially during the season of Lent? Yeah, you know, when I think about St. Maria Faustina Kowalski, who was the young uh, nun, the Congregation of Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy in Poland in the 1930s, who she herself came from humble beginnings, and the Lord appeared to her around 1931, and because of these um, apparitions and these conversations, she started writing down, encouraged by her spiritual director to write down in her diary, the Lord said, write these things down, and she did. And the Lord told her one of her famous kind of quotes that she wrote, mankind will not have peace until it turns with trust to my mercy. Mm. And so it's so important Mm. for us to really look at the message of Divine Mercy, but a very simplistic way. And I I love their website, thedivinemercy.org, and it's managed by the beautiful Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. And here's what they say. This message is very simple. Remembering these three letters, A, B, C. A is ask for God's mercy. B is be merciful. And C is to completely trust in Jesus. So Mm -hmm. ask for God's mercy, be merciful, and completely trust in Jesus. And I think that may be a simple way for us to really incorporate this message of God's mercy and trust into our Lenten season. What do you think? I think so, too. And trusting in our Lord is is not an easy task for many of us, especially if we are going through some really trying times. Um, as a person who likes to have everything lined up, scheduled, and have control, um, this is this is giving up control. <laughs> and uh, although I love my to-do list, I can have 10 things on my to-do list, but maybe that day God only wants me to complete two items, and I have to learn, yeah. and many of us do that that is okay (laughs) that that is all our lord is asking us to do that day yeah that is so true and you know all of that comes from the grace that flows from our lord jesus and through his divine mercy so when we ask the lord's mercy we're humbling ourselves before him repenting of our sins and and Mm -hmm. accepting the love that he extends us and the mercy that he pours upon us And then that mercy continues through us to be merciful to other people, and that extends out into the world. So asking for mercy and being merciful, as the gospel is reminding us today. And then as a result of that comes those graces that fill us with peace. And that's where you're kind of talking about, how do I temper my anxiety of my task list, right? And then trusting in God that things are going to be accomplished according to His will. And even though Mm -hmm. it's my to-do, is it God's will? (laughs) And that's kind of the difference in some things. It's like, Lord, are you asking me to do this in this way? And I know it may not be the way that, uh, you know, exactly that you want it. Help me, Lord, to follow your will to accomplish this task for your glory and for the mission of evangelization in the church so people can encounter you in whatever I do. So simply just doing house chores, 
to going out mm. and running errands, to going to work every day. You know, Lord, help me to see your mercy, to be merciful, and to trust in you that today I'm surrendering myself and trusting you completely to what is at hand. So it could be a simple message of maybe some disappointing news or maybe like an illness. You know, how are we trusting in the Lord during these times where they're unexpected? And so what I have learned uh, through the years of unexpected diagnoses, especially with family, is that, Lord, I know within there there is glory for you to be known. Help me to understand and be patient. And trust in you that you want everything good and that you love us abundantly, completely. Absolutely. My goodness. I mean, that is 100% true. I remember uh, spending time with my dad in the ICU and just being like, I am not a doctor and I have no idea what is going on, but I trust in the doctors taking care of him and the Lord to heal him that this is supposed to be what's supposed to be. And it's terrifying, but trusting the Lord has got it. Um, When we look at world events, when we look at social media and things kind of anger us because we don't have control of what's going on, that everything that's supposed to happen is how God wills it to happen. And that can be yeah. very hard. So Dina, take us through the Divine Mercy Chaplet and that image of the Divine Mercy. Maybe taking that image with us, putting it in our wallet, putting it in front of our computer, um, in, in front of our mirror to just remind us of this beautiful image and devotion. Yeah, I'd love to to share that a prayer card with Jesus, I trust in you image, especially there was one young woman recently who came back to the church after being away for 20 years. And I was like, Lord, I need a card, a card. I'm at the Catholic bookstore and I'm like, oh yeah, divine mercy image. Definitely. Jesus, I trust in you. Because it's a simple way of reminding us that the light that radiates from our Lord's heart, his sacred heart in that image the blood and water that flowed from his heart through his passion and death, his mercy flows out for us and to the whole world. So that we can rely upon that. And that image is amazing. Even St. Faustina yes. talks about how she was guided to go to an artist, right, and, and paint the picture. And she was just like, no, that's not exactly what it is. But <laughs> it came out, right? And so that image we can commit to our homes. In our cars, I do, I actually, it's so funny you say that. I do have images in our homes. Our children have them. We have them in our wallets. I have them in my office. Just a reminder yeah. every day to consistently trust in the Lord in whatever we do. And that image is very powerful because the Lord speaks to us through signs and through senses. And we can pray with that image, you know, looking at Jesus' hands raised up, you know, and pointing to us his foot a little forward. But it's an invitation to be welcome into his heart of mercy and just let his divine mercy just flow through us. And I think if we just sit with this message, again, of just asking for his mercy, asking for the graces to be merciful, and then completely trusting in Jesus, knowing that all of the graces of his mercy can only be reached by our trust in him. So we surrender to that in a good way. And and we're not letting control of anything other than what our anxiety is. And that brings us towards away from the Lord, right? And what we want to do, but really committing ourselves to God's will, just as Jesus does, and that we are following his path toward his passion and death and resurrection for new life, which is what we see in the divine mercy image. Well, and it's not asking us to sit back and relax and just let God do everything, but we also have to do our part. 
during the day. God is asking us to do our part, and so he can do the rest. He can do the what we think is impossible possible. So that's yeah. also something we also have to to contribute that and what is he asking us to do? And sometimes it's taking it day by day, uh, but God's got you and, and he's got all of us as well. Uh, Dina, are there any resources within the diocese where we can go in and learn a little bit more about this or they, people can contact you if they have any more questions? Uh, they can always call us at the diocese, uh, reach us at diobr.org, or you can go to the divinemercy.org website where there's uh, so much information on the feast and the image and the novena, the chaplet, and of course the hour of mercy, which is 3 p.m. each day. Yes, definitely check that out. And we play that on Catholic Community Radio every day yeah. at 3 p.m. And you'll hear the beautiful voice of Kitty Cleveland, a Catholic singer in Southeast Louisiana, take us through the Divine Mercy Chaplet. So thank you so much, Dina Dow, Director of Evangelization and Catechesis of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Thank you for joining us today. You are so welcome. Everybody have a beautiful week. God bless you. You too. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, definitely tune in at 3 p.m. It doesn't take long if you've never heard the no, Divine Mercy Chaplet and you're to do busy. The Divine yeah. Mercy Chaplet, yeah. Yeah, open our, go to our website, ccmina.live, turn on your car radio at 3 and uh, hear the beautiful voice of Kitty Cleveland uh, as she sings uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. It's absolutely breathtaking. So definitely check that out and check out Dina, D I O B R.org, for more information. Well, when we return from the break, one of our favorites, Alan Migliorato, joins us. He's a co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. But he has a new children's book that he's going to be giving us details about. It is Half Past the Hour on Wake Up. Wake up. It is 35 after the hour on this Monday morning. So glad you could join us with us now. Alan Migliorato. He is the co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. But we're not talking about that book. We're talking about a different book, right, Alan? Alan? <laughs> Did we lose my sleep. boy? <laughs> he disappeared. Oh, Maybe he doesn't want to talk Aww. about his book. He's just being shy which is Aww. hard to believe with Alan Migliorato. But, uh, okay, well, he's got a new book out, which is entitled The Adventures of Bunny and Bear, and it's it's focused on Scripture. And while we try to diligently to uh, get Alan back on the, on the phone, here's what we do have. Uh, we've got in studio, and Jeff, Jeff, I'm going to make a programming change real quick, if y'all can. In studio with us is Dr. David Whitten, and David is uh, also a professor of theology at FranU, and so we're going to talk to David now, and we'll come back to Alan toward the end of the show. So, David, good morning, brother. Good morning. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you, as always. So, interesting topic we're going to discuss today, and that being the death penalty. Yeah, you know, I was actually kind of hoping I could follow Alan on this, just because um, anybody who's had a teenager probably thinks about the consequences of the death penalty at least once a day anyway. Um, <laughs> the old saying, if you do that again, yeah, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, right, exactly right. <laughs> 
so uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, we'll get back to Alan at the end of uh, in the next segment. But let's talk a little bit more about uh, the death penalty because, you know, Catholics are supposed to be pro-life, yes. and 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 we are pro-life. At least I am. I used to be in favor of the death penalty when I was younger, but it wasn't until I was probably in my 30s that I realized, no, that's not the way of the church, and there's more to it than uh, just uh, revenge or an eye for an eye. Right. Um, the, the catechism is pretty explicit about this, and for those who are interested, it's in paragraphs 2266 and 2267. Um, the, the church says, look, it's important for nations, for states, to support the common good, and that may mean putting people in prison or taking them away from the population. There are some very violent people in yes. the prisons and who want to continue to be violent. So the, the state has a, an obligation to actually protect the, the, the um, people. But it does say that it's, it's important that it should also, the, the penalty should contribute, as it says, to the correction of the offender. Look, there's lots of arguments against the death penalty that you can make on a secular basis, that it's expensive, that it could be, you know, that people who are innocent might be killed, uh, that it, you know, is applied... Uh, disproportionately to people of color, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and all those things I think you can make that argument with. But one of the features of the catechism I think is really interesting is, is two. Um, one is it's the importance of the dignity of the person. Now, the church makes a distinction between the intrinsic and the extrinsic dignity of the, of the human being. Extrinsic dignity is like what it comes with being like a priest or a bishop. We, like, we hold those people up, there's something especially dignified because of the office that they have, right? Okay. The same thing that we do with politicians, we call them by senator or yeah, whatever the case say. may be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, a very famous person, they have this extrinsic dignity. Um, the church says there's also this intrinsic dignity that belongs to every human being, no matter what they've done or who they are, right? We think about this actually in the case of abortion. Okay, so take uh, a child maybe who's uh, diagnosed with Downs in the womb. Right. Okay. So, from an extrinsic dignity point of view, we would say, well, they're probably not going to be worth a lot. They're not going to contribute much to society. Right. But from an intrinsic dignity, which is the Catholic position, they're a child of God uh-huh. from the beginning, and it doesn't matter what they're capable of or not capable of. They're a child of God, and we're going to love them, and they have a right to life. That's the whole basis of this. Um, likewise, what the church has said is, it says, you know, there's, a, as it says, there's an increase, increasing awareness that the dignity of the person is not lost even after the commission of very serious crimes. Now, there they're talking about this intrinsic dignity, that there's still a human being that God has created and God loves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that sense, uh, we can't ever take that away. There's just an inherent dignity, even for the people who've done the very worst things, um, that we can think about. And then the other part they say, and this is the, the Catholic part that I think is really important, um, that while we have a duty to protect the citizens, at the same time we can't, as it say, definitively deprive the guilty of the possibility of redemption. Now what they mean there is, is when somebody's dead, there's no longer any opportunity to, to receive mercy, to repent, uh, and therefore to be redeemed. And so really the idea is it's fascinating that today we've been talking about mercy. Right. Right? Because um, as, as we were talking about the break, mercy is never against justice, right? Mercy actually presumes justice, that we've said what somebody has done is wrong, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then mercy says in spite of that, you're not going to get the full punishment that you deserve. So it's never sort of an easy sort of pass. Yeah, and we even say you're innocent until proven and guilty. Guilty, right. Yeah. But even here where people will say, let's just assume that, th- that they've been proven guilty, 
Right, um, in this case. So there, the, what we're saying is that an injustice has been done, and therefore justice needs to be restored. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, there's still this place for mercy that goes beyond. But the, the church's point here is that we don't know when or how somebody's going to, to change their life, when they're going to convert. Some, for some people, it may be on their deathbed. I, I've met one guy um, at Dixon Correctional Institute, killed two people when he was 17. You know, but he has repented, and he's lived a holy life for years. He's actually out now mm -hmm. uh, on that. And he's, quite frankly, holier than some of the people that I sit next to in Mass. Um, why? Because he has really received this redemption. He's yeah. done horrible things, right? Right. And there's, I mean, let's be clear, the guys on de death row have all done really horrible things. There are genuine victims on the other side of this, so I don't ever want to Well, I was going to say, how, how do you get the, the victim's family... Uh, loved ones to forgive. That in itself is the hardest part. It That's is. one thing. Uh, uh, the law is this, or we're going to put mm -hmm. them in prison for the rest of their life, but they're not going to go on death row, uh, or, or they're not going to be executed. But the family still lives with it. How how do we as Catholics help them to realize you got to forgive? You may not forget, but you should forgive. Yeah, and look, that's a that's a journey of grace. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's clearly a gift of God, and it's it is probably one of the most morally challenging things a human being could do to forgive somebody who's murdered a family member. So, I don't want to ever sort of diminish the real weight mm -hmm. of that challenge. I mean, part of it is is I mean, we have to but, love. But we're called to do. We're that, called to do no that, no matter what. That's right. Um, do you if you've ever met Deacon Don Allison? Mm -hmm. um, I so, know Deacon Don. Yeah, Deacon Don was a guy who uh, had to forgive somebody who tried to kill him. Exactly. Um, but it took him a long time, mm -hmm. and that was really part of his, his journey. Uh, and you know, he's, he's very explicit about what that looks like. So um, that comes from prayer. It comes from receiving forgiveness ourselves uh, through reconciliation, realizing mm -hmm. that we're imperfect. I think it requires a community to really help and support. Um, and ultimately, it's a grace of God to be able to do that. Yeah. So we're called to do that with the help of God. Pope John Paul II did it, too. Right. You remember? Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, I did, did a long time ago, but it, it still, uh, to me, was, I think, what and a holy was, moment that Right, was. and he was a much, much holier person than most of us, so it was probably yeah. easier for him. But um, in some sense... It's almost easier to forgive a sin against yourself than it is against a family member. So, and we only have a minute left, but and I really love this topic because I don't think we talk about it enough as a society. Uh, but, but you know, there's 24 people were executed in 2023. Those numbers seem to be starting to go down. Do you? Is there is there hope to where we we won't have the death penalty when it's all said and done? Well, really, the church says we shouldn't. Unless, I mean, as long as we can lock people up safely, right. um, there's no need to have the death penalty. Uh, we haven't had an execution here in over a dozen years, about 13 or 14 years. Um, it does look like in at least Louisiana there's going to be attempts to, to increase that. Um, and I think that would uh, be unfortunate. Yeah. 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 We're one of 27 states right now that still has the death penalty. So, Gracious. all right. Well, Dr. David Wooden. Man, what a topic, and I hope people will delve into it more. Any, so any uh, resources real quick you can share where they maybe I, I can mean, learn? I actually think the catechism, just sort of dwelling on the catechism is really important. So paragraphs 2266, 2267, you know, and they take place actually in the same context as abortion and euthanasia, right? So they're, okay. all, they're all in the catechism under the headline of Thou Shalt Not Kill. Very good. Dr. David Whitten, thank you for being with us. We, we'll have you back soon, as always. 
My pleasure. All righty. Okay, folks, don't go too far because Alan Migliorato is hanging around, and he's going to be with us next here on Wake Up. It's 45 after the hour. folks 12 minutes before the top of the hour and you know what sometimes the good lord has a way of doing things we are having phone problems and cannot get alan migliorato on the phone and if you wanted to hear about his book adventures of bunny and bear you're just gonna have to wait till next week or you can go online at adventurecatholic.com and his books are there as well. But in the meantime, Dr. David Wooden has been kind enough to stay in studio. And as I was saying earlier, this is a topic that needs more discussion, and that's exactly where we're going. So let's continue our conversation about death, the death penalty. And, and have you ever been to death row? I have a couple really? years ago. Yeah, I have. It's um, wow. in Angola. It's... Uh, I've been to two places. I've actually both been in the executions chamber, uh, and then I've been on death row. I was able to get a tour a couple years ago. Um, the death chamber itself, right, so right now, um, the state of Louisiana has one means of execution, uh, which is lethal injection. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, I was able to take a tour, and they actually came in and asked us to sort of pray over the execution chamber that executions would go away. I couldn't actually even touch the the the, the place where the, the person's uh, executed. It was just yeah. too much for emotionally, and it's of course laid out like a and cross. I was which co- is, right, is it really? Yeah, I was envisioning a chair, you know, like you see in the movies. No, and they strap you in, and no, they it's, they strap you down in, in the shape in of a the cross. shape of a cross. Right. So, um, so that's but the the state hasn't been able to do any executions for a long time. Because uh, my understanding is they can't get the the uh, medicines in order to do that. The companies won't sell it to the state. Um, so so that's one place I've been. And then I did take a tour of death row uh, a couple of years ago, and it was um, a really interesting place. Again, you know the the, the church's teaching is that when there's n- no possibility of escape, mm-hmm. there's no need. Uh, for the death penalty. And so if you go in, they have several wings. Um, they have a, a very, if you've ever been in Angola, it's almost like a series of prisons within a prison. So like you've got the larger uh, boundaries around it, and then you've got little, they, you know, like F block and so on. Yeah. And they're almost like little cell blocks, cell yeah. blocks, but they're mm-hmm. all isolated and fenced in individually and so on. Um, so the one wing that we went into, they was probably about, uh, I don't know, maybe about 10 uh, cells in there, um, all small as you you know as you would expect, just like you see on TV. Uh, behind, so they were all locked up in a in one hallway that was maybe uh, thirty feet by about uh, ten feet that they share. Yeah. Uh, then behind a door and behind another door, um, then you know multiple layers of uh, razor wire and so on. It's yeah. not this, and those guys are highly regulated. They get out for a certain amount of time. How- um, do, do you remember how many, or do, oh, do you know uh, how many are on I, I, last death I heard row it was right now? Somewhere over it? thirty or so. We have that many. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah, we have a fair number. Yeah. Any um, chance of that getting changed, or it's death row for life? You're uh, just for, sitting there. So, so, the, so there's two possibilities, I guess. I mean, one, you could commute your sentence, so change it from the death penalty to just life without parole, mm-hmm. um, which is one possibility. And the other possibility is they could con- start executing people again. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone who says, man, 
the death penalty needs to stay in place no, I, from a Catholic perspective, because there's a lot of Catholics who, who still believe in the death penalty. Sure. And, you know, as we were talking about the break as a young person, I, I was supportive of it. And Same here. Um, I, yeah. As I, I mentioned, I grew up in Florida when, after Ted Bundy had killed uh, all those uh, co-eds in, in Florida. And I remember sort of the night he got executed and sort of being happy about that. Um, the, the interesting but the church, I don't mean to interrupt, yeah, but please. the church does say if that is the end result of an individual who's totally evil, so to speak, do, do they not say, eh, it's okay, but boy, we're not for it at all? No, that's and not I, at all. I only ask that because that's what I've heard in, as well, is, is it's like a last resort. Yeah, so the church is actually amended its teaching on this just recently in the catechism. So um, they added in this section uh, here in the last you know, 20, 30 years. So the church has always at one level said that, yes, there is a, a, a possibility. Rare, yeah. Okay, a rare possibility um, uh, in support of the common good. But it, but it says, again, lastly, more effective systems of detention have been developed which ensure the due protection of citizens. That's what about the common good is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, do not definitively deprive the guilty of the possibility of redemption. So what the church has said is, is you know, 100 years ago, people could escape, they got out, uh, and they could put people at risk again. But yeah. because of the kind of systems we have today, I see we don't you're need that. Yeah, you're saying right? the today's technology change, and everything so else. Exactly. Yeah, all uh, that's become There's no need. There's, those guys aren't getting out. Mm-hmm. Right? So there, there, there's not a risk to society yeah. that, uh, that somebody who's an unrepentant murderer is going to get out uh, and go out and go on a killing spree again. We got about two minutes. What about going to them? And because it it says uh, you know visit the those who are right. locked up. What what is the Catholic ministry doing to maybe convert these men or women in their souls? Sure. So um, you know we have a uh, a chaplain at Angola, uh, Deacon Billy Messenger. Uh, okay. One of my former students, a great guy. Huh. Uh, so he's doing work there, right? So they uh, do their... Actually, the funny thing is, is the prisoners in Angola actually minister to us. So they do a lot of confirmation uh, retreats for high schoolers where they come in and they, these guys get up and they're like, I committed this murder and I repent of it. But like this, they never say, oh, I'm innocent. They're always like, I actually did what the state yeah. said I did. Um, so in that sense, the the guys in Angola minister to us. Yeah. Uh, Almost but, shock and awe in a way. Right, yeah. it is. Um, they actually have their own sort of ministry internally. Um, I've spent some time at Dixon Correctional Institute doing uh, some ministry where they have weekly Bible studies. So we go, we, we do the masses there. Uh, the bishop goes and does confirmations there. Um, I remember being there one time and uh, the, a priest came and like you had this line of uh, offenders who wanted to receive reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the church calls for not just its priests, but all of its people, really, to minister to these people. Yeah, and so and we do have a prison ministry in our diocese. We do. We right? have lots of prison ministries. Yeah, it's okay. an important part uh, of what we do. Well. It's an important part to talk about this, and we again want to thank you for coming in this morning and sharing your thoughts on the death penalty from the Catholic perspective, for sure. Yes, as the last line of the catechism says, the the church works with determination for its abolition worldwide. Well, and we'll so the the challenge for us as Catholics continue to pray is to 
think about this and in some sense begin to willfully engage this and say, okay, this is what God calls us to do. I may be challenged by it. I may not like it, but I've got to in some sense submit my will to this and, and figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Today's gospel hits Mercy. the nail on the head, too, Indeed it in does. regards to this. Dr. David Whitten, professor of theology at FranU, thanks for being with us this morning. Always a pleasure. Okay. And before we wrap up, we always like to conclude with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear St. Bertilla, help me, like you, to bring peace and healing where there is strife and pain. Amen. In the name amen. of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Deacon Brent Bourgeois joins us. He's a deacon over in the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau, and he'll talk about his call to the diaconate and why more men should become deacons and his call to the vocational vocations. Dr. Terry Ellis, founder of Chrysalis Interventions, a very powerful program and story. He has his uh, story to the call to the Catholic faith through our Conversion Corner segments. You definitely don't want to miss this segment with Dr. Terry Ellis. It could inspire so many people. Thank you so much to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Kieran Cotton, our video technical director, uh, for the wonderful, wonderful switching today, making our show look and sound absolutely incredible. Have a wonderful Monday and a great start to your week. God bless. is a production of Catholic Community Media.